Welcome to the Solo to CEO podcast for female coaches who are ready to focus on their expertise and scale their business while their systems do the rest. I'm your host, Rebecca Marioki, a systems and automations expert with a knack for anything on a spreadsheet, a mom of three beautiful kids, including twins, a wife and a business owner. For years, I wanted to be in control of my income and wealth while making impact, but I struggled to see how I could do this while working my hectic corporate job. I dabbled into the online business world, but soon realized that the overwhelm of wearing all the hats in my business meant that I couldn't run things the way I had always done. And that's why I started this podcast, to show you the possibilities of where you could take your coaching business with the right systems in place to better manage your tasks, teams, clients, you name it. Tune in every week for actionable steps to help you go from busy solopreneur to boss CEO so you can scale your business with ease, stay in your zone of genius and have the time to do the things that light you up. Let's get started. Okay, popping in here really quickly to share a new resource that I know is absolutely going to blow your mind. Insert the mind blown emoji right here. (laughs) I am introducing a brand spanking new resource called the Find Your Project Management Mojo Quiz. I get it. Running a business, serving clients and wearing all the hats in your business is fun at first until you realize that your business has become your life. If you are wondering how to escape this hustle mentality, get more time freedom and white space in your calendar and scale your business CEO style, this quiz is just for you. Think of it. What would you do with an extra two hours every week? Would you take a well-needed break? Would you brainstorm your next million Would you brainstorm your next million dollar idea? Would you bake a cake? Okay, I just had to put that in there because I love baking. Or would you spend more time with your family? By taking this two minute quiz, I can assure you that if you follow the steps to leveling up your system of managing your day to day tasks based on your quiz results, you are going to get back two hours of your work week guaranteed. Once you get your customized success plan, which will be delivered into your inbox after completing the quiz, drop me a DM on Instagram and tell me one thing you've learned about your mojo. I cannot wait to see you take this quiz and get the resources that you need to scale your business like the CEO that you truly are. So head over to rebeccak.co forward slash quiz and take the quiz right away. Let us get you to scaling minus the burnout plus the time freedom that you've been dreaming of. You are listening to episode 26 of the Solo to CEO podcast. Now, in today's episode, we are talking all things Facebook ads, funnels, and sales automations. I know these all sound very technical, but our guest for today demystifies these concepts and gives very practical steps to putting these in place in your business. Now, Facebook ads is very much not dead, and it certainly is still a very highly effective way of generating quality leads in your business. But just like any other area in business, there is an investment that is required, but you got to be smart in how you set up your ads and very strategic about who you are targeting and what your messaging is. 
and Katie gives us all the details of what not to do when setting up your Facebook ads. Now, Katie is a Facebook ads and sales funnel strategist, and I have personally worked with Katie in my business, and I can confirm that I've learned a ton of things that I put into practice in my business, and I am still seeing the positive effects and results from everything I learned from her. She brings a wealth of knowledge in this episode, so you definitely do not want to not have your notebook out. So grab your notebook and pen because you are going to learn so many practical tips that you can literally put into place immediately after listening to this episode. Ladies, let's get to the show. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Rebecca. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Good. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a bit about yourself and your journey to becoming a business owner and what you are doing currently in your business. Okie doke. So that's a bit of a long one. So we'll keep it the shortened version. Um, but my name is Katie Clella and I'm currently a business mentor, Facebook ad and sales funnel strategist. So I have a few different um, kind of heads and things that I offer and work with women in business specifically on. But I'm very much about helping the women in business that are starting out or looking to get online mm-hmm. or maybe that have been in business a while but don't quite know the next step. So I work on a lot of the tech side of stuff. So I absolutely love sales funnels um, and the whole business journey and Facebook and Instagram and paid advertising as well to help kind of increase you know, that visibility, grow people's lists and so forth. I'm a big believer in growing an audience to grow in your own business. So as part of that strategy. So in terms of my own journey, I started off in the self-employment world when I was 18, so quite a few years ago. And off and on throughout my adult life, I've been mainly self-employed with various different businesses. I've had um, offline businesses, product businesses, obviously service-based and online businesses. So I've kind of tried lots and lots of different things. This particular stint, I have been self-employed now for 15 years straight. So there's zero chance of me going into employment, I would say. Absolutely love working for myself and the freedom that it brings. This last kind of um, time that I went self-employed quite a long time ago was predominantly because I wanted children and I wanted to have the freedom and flexibility around the children so as not to miss out on their lives, you know, and school events and so forth. And it's been an amazing learning curve. You know, it's not all been plain sailing, but I absolutely love having the flexibility of what I do and ending up where I am at the end of a long overall 22 years of being kind of self-employed predominantly I love having that freedom to kind of do what I want when I want at a speed that suits me and I think it's taken all this time with different businesses to find what I absolutely adore and I'm very very passionate about working with women and helping them now get to where they want to be and pass their struggles from where they're at to where they want to be you know filling in those gaps predominantly those tech gaps that I, I tend to specifically work with. Amazing. I love that. And I know you haven't mentioned it, but Katie lives in England, but she also lives in Spain as well. (laughs) So tell us a bit about how that has been like that location freedom that you've built and doing it with the kids. I think that's amazing because a lot of times as women, we think that the kids are kind of like a barrier to what we really want. But I like how you've created your own version of location freedom. And this is still very much in the trial and error um, period, I think. So for me, I've always wanted to live abroad and I've always had a bit of an affinity with Spain. 
And during the first lockdown in 2020, I started looking at property abroad and thinking, yeah, why can't we have somewhere else? You know, we love traveling. We love holidays. It's part of what we love to do as a family. And I'm very, very privileged that I've got the business that I can work from anywhere. And I am location independent. Um, And my husband as well is home based. So he's employed, but it does mean he's got a certain amount of flexibility. Um, So we started looking at properties predominantly just for holidays, came out last year, found the property, completed on that and then decided, actually, we'd love to spend a bit more time here. And why can't we try these different things? You know, why have we got to stay and do what society tells us to do? And started kind of questioning, I think, along with a lot of people after the whole COVID and lockdowns and restrictions, started questioning what was important and why we feel so boxed in to do what kind of society tells us. And it absolutely was the biggest thing holding us back was the education side of things for the children. And everybody that I tell, you know, we might be going to Spain to spend longer periods or anywhere in the world, you know, for longer periods and we can work from anywhere. The first question is, what about the kids? What about school? And actually, the more I read into it, I realised, you know, you don't have to be in a school fixed environment. They can, they're always learning as children anyway, but they can learn from anywhere. And the onus, the emphasis, certainly in the UK anyway, I mean, I know rules around this do vary across the world, but the UK's um, thinking on it is that actually education, um, the decision how to educate is taken by the parents. So you don't obviously 99% or whatever is send people to school in the traditional sense, but it doesn't have to be that. And you can choose to educate your own children if you want to, in a way that suits you and you deem is the best way for your children and your family. So We'd actually decided before we bought this place to give this a try last March in Spain. Um, and we took the children out for a month, but that didn't last very long because we flew the day that COVID was really kind of kicking off oh, in the UK. So yeah. we had the last flight into Spain and then a week later we had to come back. So that experiment didn't go too well. And obviously that got the whole kind of um, buzz going about buy-in out here. And then in the summer holidays, which has always been a huge dream of mine, certainly for the last two years, we decided to spend the whole six weeks out here working, my husband and I, and the children obviously having a lovely, sunny, warm six weeks holiday, which was amazing. Yeah. And I feel so, it still feels quite surreal that we've been able to do that. We started thinking, well, can we home educate them? Can we cope with this? But because it was a summer holiday it wasn't a true test the children didn't have to work so we didn't have that pressure we didn't have that extra stress to worry about and think about so we decided in the summer to be booked for a month now and come back and give it kind of a a whirl and the idea being at the end of October we're going to make our decision as a family and the children are very much involved in this decision making whether we would take them out of school Mm -hmm. mainstream and um, educate at home whether through a use of, you know, tutors, online schooling, and there's plenty of free resources as well that can follow the curriculum. So if they ever want to go back into mainstream UK schools, they have been following that curriculum. And so, yeah, we're in that process. So obviously the school's not particularly happy with us at the moment, but we've taken them out for three weeks and then there's a half term. And then at the end of that, we'll be making our decision on whether to spend half the year in Spain and half the year in the UK and educate them ourselves that's kind of where we're at and that's it feels like a huge decision but then at the other side of the coin I feel like we could do it for a year or two it doesn't have to be forever and find out how that works for us it might be the best thing we do it might be something we don't enjoy and we go back to mainstream school but I've got an itch to try something a little bit different and you know the last two years 18 months have absolutely flown by I think for everybody yeah and it just makes you realize how time goes so um, we're very privileged we have 
the businesses or work that we have that allows us this opportunity and I feel it's such a big opportunity to miss so watch this space we'll see amazing so inspiring to hear you say that and just talk about how you started asking yourself the question of what is possible because I think if anything this past period we've learned to ask ourselves that question because we've learned to adopt behaviors that we have never had before. (laughs) Yes. And I think it's a good segue to go into business because you've only also been able to do this because of the way you've structured your business. And I know you had a product-based business before. I did, yes. Tell us about how you've been able to, you know, literally run your business from anywhere and what sort of systems you lean into to achieve that. So for me, and Rebecca knows me well enough um, to know that I am a bit of a wing it type person in business. I'm not as um, systematic and as you are, um, which just tends to work for me at the moment. And like you said, with the previous business, with product-based businesses, I couldn't have done anything near what I'm doing now. So it does make a difference in what you're doing, I think. And I think service-based business is the... I'm not saying you can't have, you know, location freedom and the flexibility with a product-based business, but I know I certainly couldn't with my previous business. Um, it was very, very difficult to take time away from my offices, whereas this business allows me to work from home or anywhere with a laptop and an internet connection, concentrating on helping other women, but I, I can be anywhere. I don't need to be anywhere specific. And I purposely set out the business and the clients that I work with that are also very open to the way that I work. I'm very transparent. I'm very, what you see is what you get. If I come on a call and I'm sat in the garden in Spain in a sundress, nobody's going to judge me for it. You know, if Spanish noise and people keep talking around me, the dog starts barking, you know, people don't judge me. And I think that's a big part of it as well, is that I work with clients that are more relaxed with that and they're kind of open to the way in which I work my husband's more corporate so for him he couldn't work in that way you know he's an inside locked in in a more structured environment because he has to so picking the type of clients that you want to work with I think is important to start with in terms of systems and softwares and so forth I do love pen and paper I'm afraid I do love very traditional um, things like that in terms of what I use for obviously I'm in Facebook ads constantly so Facebook ads manage is a huge part of what I do uh, active campaign and lead pages I adore for sales funnels I use lots of different systems for clients I do go back to those predominantly I like to use Thrivecart um, for a cart checkout I use Zoom a lot um, for calls day to day I use Google Drive a lot to not necessarily communicate directly but to store um, and house content and things that clients need to share with me and I use a lot of the Google products actually um, you know Google Sheets for reports and so forth so I'm quite simplistic in the systems and things that I use I don't need kind of all bells and whistles because a lot of the clients that I work with need simplistic reporting back so I find that that predominantly does work for me so I don't tend to plan in things like Asana and Trello I do tend to do things on the hop a little bit. Obviously, everything's diarised in terms of, you know, client calls and client work. And for me at the moment, that is enough. There's certainly not many more clients I could take. And and I'm pretty much up to capacity now. So there's any more. I'd I'd certainly have to um, get my butt into gear in terms of being a little bit more, a little bit more structured, I think. Yeah, yeah. But I think if what is working is working for you right now, 
that's good enough. And something that the listeners may not know is Katie was my first business coach when I decided to go into the online service based world. And I learned about active campaign and lead pages from Katie. So those have literally been lifesavers in getting leads mm-hmm. and being able to just streamline that process in terms of talking to many people from, you know, one single platform. So I think those yeah. are really powerful systems to have in your business. Absolutely. They're very user friendly as well, aren't they? You know, yes. I think they integrate with pretty much anything you'll ever need them to integrate with. They work well. They're pretty seamless. The customer service is good and they're not clunky. You know, they're very visual and easy to use, which is so important when choosing software. Oh, yes, it is. So let's talk about Facebook ads. So something that I have been seeing around going lately is Mm -hmm. there's this kind of misconception that running ads is kind of like a shortcut to getting the results we Mm -hmm. all want to get. And people are not really seeing it as an investment. Yeah. And as a result, there's a lot of talk about organic led sales, organic led lead generation. What's your view on that, given, you know, you operate in that space quite a lot? I think the huge misconception is that Facebook adds this magic wand. Yeah. And they're absolutely not. They're amazing. They're super powerful, but used as part of a bigger strategy. Just because I absolutely adore Facebook and Instagram ads doesn't mean I don't believe in organic advertising. They each have their place and it's all part of that bigger marketing strategy. I love it if clients can, you know, fill up their challenges organically. Why wouldn't you fill them up organically? Absolutely. Save yourself that many. But you could also scale and improve and grow on that using the power of then paid for advertising. Um, and I know Facebook um, advertising has been through a lot of changes this year. So it's got a bit of bad press, I think, um, recently with some since the iOS 14 rollout earlier this year. And there are a few more hoops you need to jump through to be able to advertise. And we've seen you know, Facebook ads are never linear. You know, it's never a straight line. It's literally up and down, up and down, you know, roller coaster. And even more so this year, because there have been so many changes. And at one point, I don't think even Facebook knew what impact these changes were going to have predominantly. The main one being that people could um, opt out of being tracked. So stats and reporting are going to be out in the back end of Facebook, because if people have chosen not to be tracked or opt out of tracking, then obviously that that lead or purchase isn't going to show on the Facebook ads metrics. So my response really is that they absolutely do work. They're not a magic wand. They're not a shortcut. But I would absolutely make sure you look at them as part of an intrinsic part of your marketing budget. And all businesses really should have a marketing budget, even when you're starting off. I understand, obviously, I've been in business many, many years and I know, you know, it's not can't just magic up money. But even if it's something you then save for for a few months um, and then concentrate on building an audience, even slowly but surely in the background, it will help to grow that business, which will give you more leads, you know end up obviously more sales and so forth. So I absolutely believe there's a place for it in the business when done properly. And I think the problem is as well is an awful lot of people have a negative story about Facebook ads. And it a lot of the time it goes back to boosting an ad and throwing 50 pounds at it and then that not working, not getting them anything. And then they say, oh, they're a waste of money. They don't work. And I hear that story so many times. Don't boost ads, number one, you know, create an ad properly in the back end you know, optimize properly, use, try different audiences. Facebook ads are all about testing. They're not necessarily an overnight um, process, but you, you touched on it yourself as well in terms of Facebook ads being an investment. Also look at the the longer term strategy of Facebook ads. So back when I started in my previous business, 
for and it was product like we said but I was getting between 16 and 20 percent organic reach at the time which was huge and now you know organic reach on Facebook it is at an all-time low the idea behind some strategies on Facebook are not necessarily oh come and buy my thing come and buy my thing they're to replace that organic reach that we used to have in a series of posts showing up on people's feeds so it's a longer term strategy to kind of show, well, hi, I'm here, you know, be on people's radar, increase that knowledge, um, the authority, position yourself as an expert in your field, um, someone that shows up regularly, because we need touch points. And we all know that the more touch points, the better people need touch points in order to end up buying from us. And that's fact. So this is just another another avenue, I guess, of showing up in people's Facebook feeds, Instagram feeds, yeah. or wherever you're advertising, you know, YouTube advertising, LinkedIn, etc. Um, it's showing up and being on that radar over a series of posts, kind of like we used to have, possibly as organic, that we just don't have anymore. So it's looking at the bigger picture, as opposed to just, here's an ad, buy my thing. Mm-hmm which don't work as well. And I like that you talked about boosting because I wanted to ask you, what are the common mistakes you see people making who then blame (laughs) Facebook ads? (laughs) Yes. So that one's probably the biggest. And also not choosing the correct objective. So um, a lot of people, when they try ads for the first time, will use maybe a traffic ad and they want people to convert to um, sign up for a freebie. So that would be classed as a lead. So we would always recommend in that case using a conversion ad. But a lot of people will try a traffic ad and all that does, Facebook will show it to people who are likely to click on a link and check that page out. But it's not going to optimize it for the action that you want them to take, which is to opt in and become a lead. So you would need to choose a conversion ad so that Facebook are optimizing it and showing it to the people that are more likely to opt in and take that action. Facebook have all this knowledge about us and our actions on Facebook. So that's just a very, very simple tip that I see time and time again. Being too broad of an audience, you know, literally showing this ad to anybody and everybody. It's very, very difficult then for your messaging to speak to that one group of people. You're being too broad, you know. That's another kind of common common thing that people do that mm-hmm. the right way, I guess. You know, things like pixels not being installed. And now that since the iOS 14 rollout, there have been some changes. You know, you, the pixel does need to be installed on any pages you're sending traffic to. Um, but even if you're not using Facebook ads yet, but you think it might be part of your um, marketing strategy in a year's time, get those pixels installed anywhere that you are sending traffic. So Facebook can start collecting the data about that person and start seeding that pixel. So when you do come to run ads, we have all this information on those ideal clients and the type of people that are visiting your websites or your landing pages. And what conversion events have you seen doing well on Facebook ads of late? So conversion ads are usually used for leads or purchases where there's a a predominant action. So leads have always performed well on Facebook ads. So it's a mix of getting that right image or video and the right audience and the right headline and the right copy in front of that correct audience in terms of what their pain points are and their obstacles are and what they need a little bit of help with. So challenges and masterclasses predominantly tend to just really convert very, very well or anything with video converts really well as the end offer. 
So whether that is a challenge or a, a video series tend to convert a little bit more than, say, a PDF guide or download on the whole. It's not nothing is set in stone. And again, it goes back to testing, testing, testing. So something we're seeing working really well for the actual ad side at the moment are reels. So Facebook reels are being rolled out as we speak. And reels on the whole are exploding at the moment and Instagram and everyone is talking about them for growth of business. I think that's a huge area that is still going to continue to grow. But there's something different in the ads um, side of things as well. So I'm getting lots of clients to do some fun reels just to try different things. And I'm awful at that myself, so I need to practice. (laughs) But they're definitely something fun and different. And why not? Let's try them in ads so that that we're seeing some really good results with um, some fun reels at the moment. And I know reels can be up to 30 seconds, but the 15 second ones, you know, seem to be short, sharp, hitting the point. So, yeah, if you're going to start doing some ads or you're doing them and you want to try something different, that would be the recommendation. Try some reels. I didn't know that Facebook Reels are being rolled out. So that's something you have learned today. Some accounts had them already, apparently, but they're being rolled out. And I don't know the answer to this question myself, but I'm hoping. So at the moment, as you may be aware, if you download a Reel from Instagram and you've added music, that music doesn't come with it because the copyright belongs in Instagram, as I understand it. And then you have to go and add music from elsewhere. But I'm hoping, and I don't know, like I said, the answer, but I'm hoping when they roll out Facebook Reels, I'm hoping we might even be able to use that with the music because it's still Facebook and it's a Facebook ad. So Mm -hmm. fingers crossed because that'll be a bit easier as well. Oh, yes. Now, hopefully the listeners at this point are convinced that they need to have some sort of marketing spend that is considered as Mm -hmm. an investment. So when would you say is the best time to start thinking of really being serious about Facebook ads? And I know you talk a lot about being consistent because it's not just something you try out for one week and then you switch off your ads. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think to me, that's probably the biggest business takeaway is to be consistent in what you're doing anyway, overall in one whilst running Mm -hmm. a business. But again, absolutely the same with Facebook ads. You know, if you're able to, I would start off a method or a strategy. It's called a client attraction code. And it's based on a relatively low spend of around $10 a day. The idea behind it is to keep showing up in people's feeds with various different content. So we can show some very low cost video views or engagement ads. So you're kind of saying, this is me. You know, people really respond to video. They see you, they hear you. And that makes them feel like they know you, they want to get to know you. So that could be just some kind of value. And there isn't necessarily even a call to action behind those. It's just value, getting to know you and showing up for that first time. And then retargeting those same people that you've shown this video to, uh, maybe 10 days later, 20 days later, up to 60 days later. And the whole process is based on a 60-day strategy. Obviously, you can continue that 90 days, 120 days, and just keep showing that same group of people that have watched that initial video then they'd go on to watch the next set of content, which could be an image and a post with a call to action. Then it could be another 10 days later, or another 20 days later, you're showing them something else. So you're consistently showing up on somebody's feed. Now, that isn't something that you're necessarily looking to get an immediate gratification from. You might have some call to actions through those. You might have a call to action to grab a freebie that you already have set up. You might have a call to action to jump on a call with you. It might be a call to action to join a group. The idea behind it isn't so much immediate gratification of buy my thing. It's showing up on someone's feed and building that authority and creating those touch points. And that's probably where I would start if I was starting out 
now and then look to possibly add in or alongside some conversion ads that would then start to build your audience because you have to build an audience and it is to an element there's there's a certain amount of a numbers game and I it's not just a numbers game obviously 100 people that are very very warm and your biggest fans are way better than a thousand people that couldn't care less who you are or don't know who you are so it's building that audience and keeping them nurtured as well and that's the other thing that this style and strategy of ads does is it keeps people nurtured it's kind of a funnel on Facebook so you're not taking them off Facebook and putting them into your email address per se you're keeping them warm and nurturing on the Facebook feed which obviously Facebook love because they love keeping people on Facebook mm-hmm and it's just keep on showing up. So then maybe when you have something to launch, and you're showing those same people that are, oh yeah, I know this person, she's given all this value over the last two, three months, and they feel like they've nurtured and grown that relationship with you. So that's where I'd start if someone was looking at Facebook ads is that kind of fairly low cost route. And just something that has piqued my interest is, would you say having your sales funnel upfront, obviously you need to have one, Mm -hmm. but what should one focus on? Is it the Facebook ad strategy first or just getting that funnel ready and proper so that when you have the leads coming through. Yeah, I'd probably get the funnel, I think, because then you've got another piece of value to give in that Facebook ad strategy. But you could get the ad set up and that could be your fourth piece of content. So you could go, well, I'll make sure I have it ready for 40 days time. So, you you know, you could kind of do both of those at the same time. But I think having that freebie to add onto your website, share on your social media, um, share on your personal bio, etc., is always very valuable when you're starting out. And I think people do put it off and put it off to the back burner because they're scared of the tech element and they don't know where to start. They don't know how A speaks to B. And actually it's quite an intrinsic part because it grows people and adds to that list. And the list is still extremely powerful. Absolutely love, you know, social media and these other marketing pillars, but the list is still super powerful. So I do believe it's important. Start off as you mean to go on and get that one up even if it's done better than perfect, absolutely all the way, you know, don't worry about it being pristine and perfect. You can go and tweak it afterwards, but yes, absolutely get something out there so you can start building your audience. And I think Katie mentioned all, at least in, you know, the teachings you showed me, she already mentioned all the tech tools she uses for her sales funnels. So definitely just rewind back in this episode to just take note of what tools she uses and it is as complicated as you make it to be honest yeah I believe that you can make it simple absolutely maybe give us a few tips to like simplify the process of creating the sales funnel so that it's not an overwhelming thing to do so I think utilizing things that are there for free like google drive you know people always say oh how do I host my freebie and I don't know where to put it and they're always looking for something more fandangled than it needs to be and I'm like just chuck it in Google Drive and that's your link to give people access to it you know it doesn't have to be super complicated when you're setting up your first funnel it is literally a landing page a thank you page and some emails and a freebie that you're giving them that freebie can be uploaded if it's a video to YouTube or Google Drive or Vimeo you know they're all just free tools to get you started There are free software tools, you know, for a funnel to collect names and email addresses. You know, something like MailChimp, an awful lot of people start off with. I'm not a MailChimp fan in the slightest. I find it really clunky and not user-friendly, but there are people who do like it. The problem with MailChimp is it doesn't stay free for long when you start getting into it and you start creating automation. So I believe it's a bit of a false economy. I know a lot of people like MailerLite and that's that's quite cheap and low cost to get started with. And you can do it all in one. You can have the landing pages and the automations there. Personally, I'd always just start off with 
the the basic lead pages, which works out, I think it's $39 a month, which works out around £28 if you're in the UK. And active campaigning gets started for $11 a month on the basic light package, which is all you need when you get started, which isn't a huge outlay because once you have one sales funnel, you're going to have more and more and more and more and more. There'll be other ideas, other freebies, other sales funnels you'll run in um, for things like masterclasses, webinars, obviously free guides, challenges, purchases. There's lots and lots you can do. You might just put people through a, a nurturing onboarding sequence when someone just joins your your list you might send them a a series of nurture emails to keep them warm so I would say there's an awful lot of free resources out there to get you started and in terms of what to say and things like that an awful lot of people get stuck on as well you know there's so much out there to get you started but be you is the most important thing I think you know it hasn't got to be a set cookie cutter structure you know tell them about you give them the value that they've asked for which is the free thing they might have signed up for that's what they're signing up for initially So once you've given them some value, tell them about you, about your story, something relatable to your audience, share with them maybe some testimonials and things that feedback from other people. And then, you know, always make sure you put a call to action on for the next step, whether that is just joining you in a free group, whether that is following you on Instagram, whether that's reading a blog, it doesn't have to be at this stage necessarily sale, sale, sale. If you have something you think is the next step that they are going to be looking for, then absolutely you can have that call to action as a course or a product or a come and book a call with me. But it can just be something of value all along that you're just completely nurturing that relationship with. But yeah, don't let systems and things hold you back from starting it. Rebecca said it doesn't have to be kind of really fan dangled and technical. It can be quite straightforward to get started with and absolutely done is better than perfect. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so much goodness that you've shared. Thank you so, so much, Katie. I have already been taking notes. I know we've gone through this before in our coaching sessions, but it's always just such a good refresher to remind ourselves of the importance Absolutely, because we don't always implement things either, do we? we yes. Do. So it is always good to chat as well. So yes, lovely to speak to you again. Thank you so, so much, Katie. We always end up our guest episodes with one fun question. So our fun question for you is you have just won a truckload of your last Amazon purchase. What is it? I'm trying to think of something really exciting, but it's bound to not be. Um, I haven't had anything here since we've been in Spain the last week. I'm just trying to think. Oh, my goodness. It's probably something I've gotten subscribe and save, like dishwasher tablets <laughs> or... Um, washing machine tablets I literally have a garage full of washing machine tablets and dishwasher tablets I I keep forgetting to cancel my subscribe and save so it's really really boring (laughs) but that's the truth (laughs) and that's the real life it is very practical (laughs) I've got enough to last me to next week so uh, next year rather so I won't have to buy any for quite a while yeah exactly thank you so much Katie for being on the show most welcome lovely to see you again Hi, before you leave, I want to give you an exclusive invite into my Facebook group, the Solo to CEO community for female coaches, where I go live weekly to give you my tips, tactics, and strategies to help you unlock your next level business with the power of profitable systems and automations. If you like what you hear on the podcast, I go in there even deeper in the community to help you scale your business faster and get even more clients with systems that are designed to scale your business. Sounds like something you need? 
jump in by clicking rebeccak.co forward slash community in your browser or check out the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to connect and welcome you in there. In the meanwhile, do share my podcast with your fellow business besties and tag me in your Insta stories while you're at it at this is Rebecca K. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. Bye for now.